Hello, I am Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> doing fine. Good, good it's, to hear. It's been, a, it's been a pretty good week. So far, so good. Good. <laughs> you know, there was uh, last week, the episode that we did when we were talking about uh, poor old Pete and repeat. Um, oh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah. <laughs> we... Uh, we kind of mentioned that one of the things about repeat is that we may want to handle it differently uh, depending on different scenarios. And it, was, it occurred to me that one of the scenarios that kind of makes sense is if they keep asking for the same thing over and over, we may want to answer them differently each time. True. And, you know, we see this same kind of pattern in lots of different places, you know, in various degrees. So we also see it on things like, you know, the first time someone visits our Skiller action, we might want to give them a long explanation, a welcome message, a long explanation, kind of start pointing them in the right direction. Whereas, you know, if they've made it back to us by the fifth time or so, we kind of think they know the drill, so we'll maybe shorten that a little bit. And if they're, they're you know, continuous repeat expert users, we'll want to shorten that even more to just, hi, what do you want to do? You know, so and then what happens if they like uh, don't use it for two months right. and then come back into it? Do we do we notch them down a level? Um, so you know, sounds like we're kind of trained based on usage. We're grouping people as beginner, intermediate, or advanced, right? To to put it simply, in some cases, yeah. And um, and again, like last week, this is the sort of thing that conversation designers will, you know, help you figure out. But once they say here's the, the various ways that you need to reply, we need to implement that somehow. Right. So, you know, I, I know I've gotten some tricks that I've, I've started building into multivocal to help me do that. And I'm kind of curious how other platforms like, um, like Jovo would, would help you handle that. Yeah, so let's identify some of the information that could help us um, or you know, be helpful for us to make these types of decisions. So at the like the voice app level, you know the action or or skill or or you know even capsule level, um, the types of information that we want to keep is like uh, when was the last time the user logged in, or mm -hmm. used or used the the, the app, right? Um, or it could be a session counter. Um, how many times have they used the the uh, the skill or action? Um, it could even be useful, like when was the first time that they logged in? Mm -hmm. So that, that's some, some information that some could be helpful. And not just session counter. In some cases, we might want things like consecutive counters. How many times has this intent been invoked? Or how many times has it been invoked in a row? Or well, that's true. Yeah. You know, when we talk, you know, when was the first, as you said, when was the first time that we invoked this? Or when was the most recent time that, that this was invoked? You could, it could almost be like, if you think about it in a game context, it could almost be like a daily streak, right? How many days in a row have they used it? That's a great point, yeah. So it's not just how many times have they used it, but how many times have they, have they used it in a row or... How many times have they ever used it? Or yeah, there's all yeah. sorts of different things that we may want to look at that are important to us. And that type of information you'd want to store in user data, um, something in a database that persists across sessions because that's 
that that's how you start making your voice app uh, more personable because it's it's keeping track of some certain things. It doesn't really have anything to do with the functionality of the skill itself, as opposed to what's the core function or feature, but it's all about how do you customize this to make it a better experience from uh, one use to the next right? and have exactly. it be, evolve as opposed to just kind of the robotic, if A, then B, um, always, you know, situation. Always, always giving the exact same message or always giving from the exact same pool of messages, small pool right. of messages. Yeah. And, and it could also, you know, and it's also in cases, and, and again, there's all sorts of different places where we'd use it. So if, you know, the user asked for help, you might want to start out with a little bit of help. And then if they say, can you help me more? You might want to give a little bit longer help or a little bit, you know, you may want right. to, there, there are all sorts of places where you want to adjust based on other criteria. And I think it's the, the easiest ones to think about are things like, uh, consecutive repeats uh, and, and number of visits. And then, you know, in addition, how recent were the visits or how recent did they last do something? Yeah, or, or like, uh, are they kind of at a more global level? So you would get global help or maybe you're in a specific situation where you're, I don't know, going through a list of products and you want yeah. to have help about a specific product, then then the, the context is what is the current, you know, it's, it's kind of like the database days. What's, where's your cursor? Where's your, where's the current product that you're talking about? Well, I, I, I think you just said a crucial word here and that's context. Yes. All, of, all of these different things all feed into this global notion of context. So it, it kind of boils down to how do we, and this is, this is a crucial question, how do we change our responses based on this set of context. Yeah, so, I, and I, I think that can be divided into the, you know, what information to store and how to store it. And then on the other side, how to use that to then have variable responses or, you know, alternate paths based on the values of those yep. two or 10 variables or whatever, right? Well, that's the problem is it starts getting really complicated really quickly. And yeah, it does. And again, this is where a conversation designer helps you to say, here's what we need to focus on. Here are the important bits. Yeah, and when we talk about it today, I think we're really gonna be talking in the context of a user using a specific voice app. Um, but this is the exact type of information that some of it you might wanna, you know, in the future have portable to go with you wherever you are. Um, so that then when you use other, voice experiences that some of this information could be um, uh, yeah. associated with that. One, one of these days we will need to talk about our dream vision for the perfect voice operating system, but uh, that's not tonight. <laughs> okay. So like I said, I put a lot of this support into multivocal. So for example, multivocal by default tracks how many times you visited the action, mm -hmm. how many times you have invoked in, in that session, how many times you have invoked each intent in that, uh, in that session. I also have this notion of how many times that particular handler or action name has been invoked. Um, how many times you have visited a particular scene if you're using Action Builder during that session. And for all of those things, 
how many times you've done it consecutively as well. And that gets reset wow. when you when you leave it. So if you know you invoke the hello action or the, the hello intent four times in a row, and then you invoke something else, the hello consecutive counter gets set to zero, even though the hello counter itself stays at four. Okay, so there's a lifelong counter and a session counter. There, no, there are two session counters. Oh. One, one is a session counter for consecutive invocations okay. of that right, intent. Okay, that makes sense now. And one is a counter for the number of times you've hit that intent throughout this session. So if you've got a long conversation and you keep coming back to the same point or the same thing is triggered, within a session, you might want to treat it differently. Yeah, that's true. Or you might not. You know, yeah. At any rate, I figured it was easier to track it than not to track it. Um, so that, that's one thing that's in there and built in for you. One of the things that Google provides as well is the last time the action was invoked. So okay. it makes that available as well. And that's also available you know, using Google's toolkit. The other thing I've then added to this is what I refer to as a level. So by okay. default, the level is the number of times that the intent has been invoked globally. So, so persisted outside of the session. Okay, across all time. Lifetime. Across all time. Okay. The original intention I had was, you know, there's an easy way now to know when you're a newcomer versus you've been there five times versus 10 times. Right. This level can be used when you set up your responses. So you can say, for this intent, for a level of one, here's the list of responses. For mm. this intent, for a level of two, here's the responses. And for this intent, for all other, for anything else, here's the responses. So can you do ranges? Like well, so one here's to three? The thing. Here's the thing. By default, that's what it, it defaults that, that number is how many times something happened. You can also set a formula to compute the level. Ah. And you set that just as part of the configuration. So you can say level one is this value is greater than one and less than three. And this value is three or up. And that expression that you choose can be anything. So it can include number of days. It can include number of visits. It can include some combination of those. It can include the number of times you've hit this intent, but not this intent. The number of times you've asked for help in a row while you were in this scenario, or you know, said repeat in this scenario. You know, you can do whatever you want. It's just all of the internal values that are available to you. You can set that as a level, and then the system just uses that to determine a response. Interesting. Can you? Because sometimes you're uh, in your um, voice experience. You can see that people are using certain things, but they're not using other features. Is there a way to query least used, um, sorted in reverse order? So you could say, you know what, and, and like filter it, because you know not every intent is something that you want to advertise as, as the root level of going into something. But then you could, you could basically say, out of these, you know, the list, filter it down to this, and then you could see, oh, somebody hasn't used the, um, you know, calculate score intent. And so then you could say, um, 
hey, just want to let you know that we have this feature, blah, 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 or something where you can then start to direct them towards things that they're not using. That's actually a really, really good point and a really, really good question. Because one of, you know, recently we've heard on the system level, both Alexa and, and the assistant have said things like, by the way, did you know that you could yeah. set a timer with whatever? And there's been some talk about when's the best time to, to raise those things as a way to advertise features that people may mm -hmm. not be aware of. The short answer is yes, you can do that. The longer answer is more complicated, but the short answer <laughs> is um, certainly you can check to see if particular intents have been invoked multiple times, or if you had a feature that you were recording, you can, one of the other things is that in addition to the built-in ones that multivocal has, you can also add your own consecutive counter and total counters. Oh, nice. And just say at any point, increment this counter and it will increment the counter. So at any point you can keep track of whatever you wanted to do and check that value yourself. Okay. And if that value is zero, you can expose something or, you know, however you chose to do it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, so, so you could just keep counters on the things that you wanted to surface as features to, to users and keep counters on each of those. And if, if uh, they're zero or low compared to other features, then you could um, remind them. Or maybe if it's been a long time since they've used it, then maybe you can- Exactly. Um, keep, you know, kind of hint at, oh, and, you know, would you like to do this, this, or this, you know, and this thing, this could be the feature that you're trying to surface and get mm -hmm. more, more traction. Or put them at, you know, it might help you decide what suggestion chips you want to show, for example. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good use case right there. You know, so, and all of the counters, all of the leveling stuff, that's all built in, you know, it's got, it's built in, and it has defaults, but like with a lot of things with multivocal, it lets you tailor it to whatever makes the most sense for you. Right. I mean, you, you can determine levels based on literally anything. You know, time of day could be a level. You know, if, if, you know, if we had a good way to figure out the right time of day, but that's a Google problem. So I could be like a level 10 launch intenter, but only like a level two helper. If that's what makes the most sense, then yeah. <laughs> So that's true. So, so then you know, well, a little bit about how this user is using your app specifically and, and make decisions on what you're going to say or what you're going to do or um, so that's, that, that's important. Um, so multivocal sounds like it's very powerful in this <laughs> aspect because it's all about personalization and templating, which really go hand in hand. Um, yeah. And so you know, if you were to do this with the Alexa Skills Kit SDK, um, as far as I know, unless they've uh, had some you know big update to it, this is all stuff that you know you can store all this information, but you just have to redo all the work that you've done in, in multivocal, right? You have to determine which variables you're going to uh, keep track of and store that in into uh, user state and um, and you know pull it back out as you need it and make decisions, and so you know. The, You've got the, the tools to do that, but you have to you have right. to build a, all the scaffolding yourself. And the same is true with Google standard libraries as well. Yeah. And, and I found I was doing it myself multiple times, which is why I did it this way in multivocal. Now, yeah. one of the things though that the Alexa Skills Kit does offer is the, the middleware notion as well, correct? Um, 
You know what? I haven't looked at the Alexa skills kit as far as a middleware. There is this ability to do request interceptors and response interceptors. Okay, so and and every intent has this can handle call that gets called. So not you know you've got flexibility on when intents happen and different things like that. It's a little bit of a different uh, paradigm with the the can handle. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not I'm not aware of a, an actual pipeline or, or middlewares. Well, but it sounds like what you could do though is as part of your response handler, for example, is see what you know either check for something that you know has been set, right, or you know check which intent was called, and add something to the session response or store something in the user database at that point. Yeah. So there's there's certainly some hooks there. Where yeah. you could, where it would make sense to do it, so you don't have to write it into every handler. Yeah, now hooks is a good way of putting it. Yeah, there are there are places that will ease the pain um, <laughs> where you can put things. So that's so that's good. Um, a little bit about uh, the way that Jovo handles it. So mm -hmm. last week when we were talking about peat and repeat, one of the mechanisms to get the the repeat was that you needed to set or turn on user context. Um, and so it's a simple variable, you could turn it on true, which gives you a, a default of the, it remembers the last request and response that, that happened in the system. And so it stores that in the database and you can then access the context, the previous instance and you know the, the, um, the index into that array. Well, you can also specify multiple of those. So if, if it makes sense in your user context where you wanna check not only what they did last, but what they did the last two times before that, and how and how that helped make a decision mm -hmm. on what you're going to do, then that's something that you can do with mm. this with user context. But that's not the only tool that you get. I mean, well, what what else can you store in the user context at that point? So you don't. So, I mean, you can't. You don't have to just store the response. I assume. Um, well, so as part of the user context, then that's something that they give you out of the box. Um, you can store anything you want in your user data. So that's that's the kind of the area where you get to play with things. So things happen behind the scenes and get stored in user context. So in essence, you treat it more like a, it's read-only to you. Um, but if you want to write information and get it back from user, then you're going to put that in user data. So does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. So they're they're kind of you know keeping track of some things behind the scenes for you, and you do have some ability to like maybe I only want the responses, I don't want the requests, or I only want certain parts of the response object, or I want you know, you know two instead of just one, or I want five um, in my history. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got some some tuning that you can do in a in a simple config file to, to turn those on and off and and configure what happens with the user context. There is another piece called the user metadata. And that's kind of interesting in the fact that it automatically keeps track of, for example, the first time that you um, created a user. So that's, that's gonna be where you can say, oh, you know, conceivably check and say, happy anniversary, you've been using this, you know. That's nice. Voice yeah. app for a year or, you know, happy month anniversary or, you know, whatever. So you can keep track of that. Also, it keeps track of the last time that you started the application, uh -huh. as well as a, just a simple session counter. So every time that you start the app, oh, it's okay. increment the session counter. So that's all part of um, just something that you get um, as part of the metadata. 
but you get additional information as part of the metadata and you can you can configure as well like how much information you want to store and what information you want to store or not. Um, among this information is devices. So uh, when you use an Alexa skill, you can tell which device it's from because each device gets a unique device ID. Uh -huh. um, so it actually stores an array of the devices that this user has used. Um, it doesn't have a lot of information right now as far as what you know what's in uh, information there is about that device but you can tell that they've been using this on multiple devices. Um, and that could be, that could be something that can be useful. Yeah, you, that's... You, 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 you know, surface some other things. You know, I like to, a lot of times when a skill starts up, have a, um, a service that I create called an announcement service, and it can go out and check to see if, you know, today is in between certain date ranges and then surface an, an announcement. Um, and, and sometimes it's the same, it could be the same announcement or it could keep track of the ID so that you only get that announcement once. Uh -huh. um, so that's, that, that allows the client or, you know, or me um, to go in and, and specify you know, what's going to be like, here's a new feature or, you know, or something like that that you can, you can surface. But that, that also gives you a place where you could programmatically encode, add something to that same announcements array and go through and say, hey, I've got two announcements for you. And then go through and, and, and give information or you know, talk about, hey, I got this new feature. Or... I was gonna say, so, so you'd handle this by having the, so there's the user metadata object and you would be, is this something that you can enhance by adding fields to that object? Um, no, once again, this is, seems to be more like a read-only that you can control hmm. of those things that it's currently doing that, um, that you can get that information back. It'd be interesting. I wonder if there's a way with a plugin or something that you could extend that. That's something I haven't looked into. Um, but the, as far as the user information, you get three three buckets, context and metadata, which are read-only typically, and then the data, which you could you know read and write to that. All right, so you'd be at, so, so you could still add to the user data, for example. Yeah. Um, well, you have when they last logged in or you know whether they've seen a particular message or not. Yeah. So let's see, I think I've covered most, oh, there is, this is interesting. There is a request history. So every time you do a request, whether it's a launch intent or a help intent, or there's even the ability in Jovo to create um, these intents. So like, if I don't want to have a really big intent that handles things, I could either break them into functions or I could say, at this point in time, I want you to then redirect the intent to this other intent. And my, my convention is I prefix them with the word private just to, to you know, accentuate that if it, if it ends in the word intent, then it's public because those are things that the users can, you can you know, ask for and get into. But there might be some paths that are, are private that are determined by variables or, or you know, the context. And so even those intents are listed and it will tell you information like, um, and you can specify how many in that history that you want for each intent. So it will say launch intent, um, here's the counter, last, and then it's like an array of last um, access. Last invocations of it. Date, date times. And so then you can very easily query and say, hey, how many times have they asked for the help intent? Okay, maybe it's time for me to give them the full, you know, full-blown help as opposed to the abbreviated help. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, Very nice. So, so it's interesting. It's similar in some ways to what Multivocal did, but it took a slightly different approach to it. Yeah. And that makes sense. 
So that is all about, you know, all the different, you know, variables that we can store, things that we have access to to help us make decisions as far as we, um, as what we're going to do. But then how do we, on the output side, do things that are different? How do we give yeah. variableness to the responses or vary the responses based on the user's, you know, expertise le level, right? Various, whatever the criteria is. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, or it could even be something as simple as, I've got this uh, string and this variable, I want it to be singular or plural based on what the, what the number is. Mm -hmm. um, so how, how does multivocal handle that type of situation? This is more on the templating side now, this right? is, it's, well, it's on the templating side, but it's actually some ways tied to it. So one of the things you can do certainly is you can make it a level and use the leveling system. Um, but that starts getting complicated when you're, you're dealing with some simple things. Uh, the, the other most simple version is if we're dealing with something like singular or plural, the templating language that I'm using, handlebars, has those functions built into it already. So you could say things like, this is the whole response. And in there, uh, I will say thing or things, depending on whether it is one or more than one. Okay. Or I have a function called Oxford, which will, depending on the number of items in the list, return that list either this, this and that, or this comma, that comma, and this other thing. Oh, so it's got the Oxford comma in there. Right. And that's just a function that I call Oxford. Yeah. Clever enough. Right. Um, so that's just part of the templating system itself. For more complicated things, um, there's this note. So everything in the responses ultimately turns into a more complicated template object. So by default, the easiest way to do that is just to give a list of strings. But each of those strings turns into a more complicated object. And one of the things you can do is specify a criteria under which each of those objects may be evaluated to proceed. So normally mm. you give it a list of strings, it picks one of them randomly. Okay. You can give criteria to say, I only want this template considered if these other conditions evaluate to true. And I want this one if these other different conditions evaluate to true. And I can do that for each one. It's kind of like the same, like that can handle concept almost that you, it's basically, you know, is, is a candidate. Um, right. Yep. Um, and then since writing that, if, you know, in cases where you want to write the exact same criteria every time starts getting tedious, I then have a way to say, here is a template that we will apply for everything following it until I tell you not to. And okay. you can put the criteria in there. So don't evaluate this template as a candidate. This is just a, a, a meta template almost. I call it a base template. A fallback template maybe? It's not a fallback because it doesn't have okay. any value itself. Okay. But it kind of says, take this template and use it on the next one. It, 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 use it for the next one 
and fill in all the blank values where I don't provide anything then. And then keep doing that until I give you a new base template to use instead. Now, interesting, is, are all these different variables that you're, you're set, setting your sessions and things, is there kind of a data object that the template gets by default that has all those things there is a, already? There is a data object, which is really at the core of multivocal called the environment. And the environment should be capital letters. Um, <laughs> and everything gets shoved into the environment at some point. So your entire configuration lives in the environment. Every possible response lives in the environment. The request body lives in the environment when it comes in. Any value that you extract from that gets put in the environment. Any processing that you do, you should store in the environment. The environment is passed to your handler. The environment is passed all over the place. So there is this one ultimately really big object that stores everything of importance. And this environment is handed to the template engine. So you so can- if you, if you wanna vary the template based on your own custom things, you just have to make sure that you put it into the environment before yep. the templating part happens. Okay. Yep. And literally everything you do happens before the templating part happens. The templating is one of the last things that happens. Okay, that um, makes sense. So. And you can, and in there, that environment is just an object, and that object can contain other objects that can contain other objects. So it's really just this big nested hierarchy of objects. And in the template, you say the value that I want is this path to the object. Okay. Now, is also in that environment like what platform you're on? So, yes. like if you were to add Alexa to it, then you could say, oh, I am in the Alexa context yep. with this and this and this this and then do something yep and in that environment is the user and any information you know about the user and the session and everything you know about the session so all of the um the counters that we you know talk about are in there okay. and the repeat value from last time is in there and all sorts of other stuff is in everything is in the environment all right well multivocal is not available for it Alexa. is not yet available for Alexa. Fortunately. So this is the way that I've had to do it for years now. Um, and this actually started out with the Alexa skills kit version one. They had, they started out using this library called I 18 next. Um, I 18 uh, and being, you know, abbreviation for internationalization. We're going um, to have to, we're going to have to talk about internationalization itself another time. Cause that's yes. a really important topic. It is that, definitely that we haven't talked about yet. Yes. So built in to Ask SDK version one was this ability to say, okay, I've got, uh, th this is the you know, locale that I'm on and here's this, this object. And, uh, and, and Jovo has it too. And in fact, they've, they've built, uh, kind of built it in more, I guess, baked it in a little bit deeper than, than uh, what it was before. I don't know very much about Ask SDK too, as far as how that um, happens, but, but, and if I recall that, I, I think they took it out, but somebody can correct me on that. It's just been too long since I've used it, but on the, on the Java side of things, then you create a file, like for what language you're going to do. So you know, an en-us.json file, and that's going to then be all of your, you know, you know, keys and values. And I, and I often do nesting. So 
you know, this dot, this dot, this. So like everything about this screen or about this thing. So I, I, I'm able to group things uh, two or three levels at the most and then have a, uh, a value for like here are all of my, um, my messages, here are all my prompts, here are all of my reprompts. And if they're in a single value, then I, on my code, when I ask for that certain key, then it gives me back the, the single value. If, it, if it's an array, then it automatically, you know, takes that and randomly picks one. Um, and Jovo even has some, some conditionals that you can add to stuff where it might choose more, you know, probabilistically higher chance of picking one of these versus the other ones, which is helpful. Um, but then you can also, just like uh, um, handlebars, you can you specify different variable placeholders inside of um, that string, and you can pass a data object, just a regular JSON object. And if it's got uh, you know score as a as a property on that object, then it will put that score into the proper place inside of the variable that's inside of uh, the the template. Um, so really, you know, I18 Next is is a templating um, structure, and it's got you know lots of different you know functionality, but it's, but it's not, you know, definitely not custom built like multivocal is for, for voice and templates and all these other values. Well, I, I should say that there are still some similarities to that. I mean, multivocal does, does handle uh, internationalization as a first class issue, which right. we'll deal with another time. But also this notion of, you know, you're, you're passing it a key and um, you're sending that key to the IAT next function and the re the return from that is what you pass to the the ask call, correct? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of shortcut some of that. In some ways, the the key is I have a list of possibilities of what it uses as default for the key. And that includes things like the intent name, the action name, the intent Ooh. name plus the level, the action name plus the level, you know. There's a long list of, of what it tries to go through, but fundamentally those are just keys. And yeah. it includes the ability to say, use this name that I've randomly chosen instead of any of those other defaults, what I call the outtent. Okay, well, that's interesting. So there's some additional functionality that you get with I18 next. One of them is count. So that's gonna be your singular versus your plural. Um, and the way that that's handled is that actually in your your name, so let's say that um, speech is the is the ultimate like a dot b dot speech is the thing that you're going to you know you pass that string that is the, that dot notation and you want to get that value back. Then you just add speech underscore plural. So you have your plain one that doesn't have it something, and you do speech underscore plural, and it's just the value. Um, that's, you know, and you can specify that it's gonna be a singular or a, a plural value. And what happens is that there's a, you have to pass as part of that data object, a, um, a value called count. And so then, you, you know, uh, it has to be count. And in some cases that could be scores or in some, you know, in case it could be, you know, number of responses or, but you just map it to that that count. And then you put count inside of your your code and it will, you know, be able to you know pick up what put that number in there but then it'd be one apples 
Mm-hmm. No, it was a one apple instead of one apples or, you know, mm-hmm. two apples. So, that, so that's an know. extra parameter that you need to pass when you're calling IAT yeah. next. Okay. Yeah. So sense. you can pass some additional data. So you can pass any data that you want as placeholders and it just maps it like handlebars would. But then another one, a special one is called count, which you can then use inside to say the actual number, but also have it pick um, one versus the other, the mm-hmm. singular versus the plural so- form of that. So here may be a trick question. All right. How do you get it to say one apple and two bananas? Oh, you have to actually split that into multiple and put that together. Hmm. So yeah, so you have to you have to do two separate calls. Um, I haven't had that situation, but yeah, it's two separate calls. It's still not too difficult because you're still passing it a key, and you know, so that makes sense. And then you can just you know at the end because you can you have the ability to to add kind of build up your response inside mm-hmm. of your code based on the different values of the keys or things. Another one that's kind of interesting is context. So you can pass a variable, a special variable name called context and it could be whatever string you want. Um, so this could be in situations where you wanted, you know, I guess I've used it where the audio format's different from Bixby versus uh, Google and Alexa and I wanna play an audio file and so I, then I, I can I set the context on those situations to whatever the platform it is, and so then then I've got you know kind of similarly the the variable name underscore what the context is, and then it picks one versus the other based on that context variable. So you could do that. You can do um, you know your beginner, intermediate, advanced. You could you know do different things for context to help uh, specify. Um, what the response is going to be, but you know, the, the you pretty quickly start to yeah you can do some things that are powerful and it's fairly simple, but then you start hitting like okay it gets, yeah it, it you know we really need some sort of a framework or structure to the problem with all of these is that when you do start needing to get complicated, it gets complicated really quickly yeah and I I think ultimately that's where we're going to start getting to a CMS system yep where it's going to turn into you just send an environment, you know, you send everything yeah. to the CMS and somewhere in your CMS, you've said, okay, under these circumstances, some combination of intents and, you know, number of visits and these values that are set and whatever else, under all of these circumstances, pick one of these replies. Right. And under these other ones, pick from these replies and you figure it out. Leave me alone. Just give me an answer. Yeah, and so and the replies could be this is the text to speech to to return, or it's here's the text to speech and here's also the APL or the right here's the all of the stuff that goes with it. Pass to interactive canvas or you know right. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to be evolving to eventually. Yeah. And I, I you know from what I've seen, what Jovo is doing, and what I'm trying to do with Multivocal, I think certainly both of those platforms are heading in that direction. Because yep. I think it's pretty clear that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So I don't know, anything else that we, I think we talked quite a bit about that. That was pretty. It's, well, pretty I mean, it's, it's a complicated subject, but I think that, I think we covered it pretty much in depth. And I think, again, you need to turn to your conversation designer mm-hmm. to make sure you've got a good handle on what inputs are determining your output at every stage. And they'll be the ones to help you figure that out and make sure it sounds correct. Cause that's the worst thing. It's just making, you know, saying 
Sure, here is one apples for you. That just sounds terrible. I mean, yeah, um, even besides my robotic voice. <laughs> there is a game out there. I, I, I probably need to talk to the people that create it. Um, but I play fairly regularly. And uh, they, um, they, they don't singularize like mm. one points. And I'm like, really? Just fix that little part. <laughs> and, well, and here's the funny thing is visually you can get away with putting, you know, one apple parentheses S close parentheses. Yeah, exactly. You can get away with that visually. Good developers don't, but you can get away with that. Um, you can't do that in voice. It just sounds so wrong. It definitely, yeah. It's like you're kind of kind of going on to that, and then you're like, oh. No, so lots of stuff to think about. And I think we've, you know, there are lots of, again, there are lots of approaches to the problem. Uh, and I hope that we've provided a, a couple of, of good ones. Yeah, and, and if you know of some other tools or, you know, people that are trying to solve the same type of problem via some uh, templating or um, a content management system or different things, um, would you like to, to know about it? And maybe we can evaluate or learn some things. Um, you know, I learned some things from, from you that I'm like, hmm, how would I handle that situation? I'd like your levels idea. So like beginner, level. intermediate, advanced could be like level one, level two, level three. You right? can even just call them beginning, beginner, intermediate, advanced. Yeah. Levels don't have to be a number. That's true. Um, no, that's nice. And then, um, and you can, you know, try to figure out like overall, when was the last time somebody used it or when was the last time somebody used a specific intent and yep. very, because maybe I, they just need a little nudge in one direction or they, they're kind of beginners uh, as far as one functionality of the app, but they're expert on another part. I very, and, and you've raised some great issues as well that knowing when and how far apart some events take place can be really useful in determining what you reply. So that's, that's something I'll have to be evaluating for uh, future inclusion into multivocal. Besides Alexa support. That is on my short list, really. <laughs> Unfortunately, my short list is very, very long. Hey, I think we might have similar lists. <laughs> I'm sure we do. <laughs> well, sounds good. Well, Alan, it's been great talking with you about this uh, subject. And uh, to everybody out there, um, just appreciate you listening and uh, would love your feedback as well. We're always love to hear what you have to say. Leave comments, find us on Twitter, or uh, we hope you tune in next time to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, take, everybody. Take care. Have a good week, Mark. You too. Thanks, Ellen.